Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Healy and Bailey Notebook, covering Canadian footy wherever it may have its media rights. We're back with the usual suspects today, Healy and Bailey. Of course, I am Josh Healy, and I'm joined today by my friend and colleague, Mitchell. Mitchell, uh, is there anything to talk about? I don't think, man. I'm pretty sure we should just wrap up the show right now. It's been a pretty dry week. Yeah, slow news day, slow news day. Obviously, we're joking. Uh, There is many, many a thing that have happened over the last uh, little bit, but actually, what, less than an hour ago, we just received word uh, uh, about the rights for the media rights for the CPL, the Canadian men's national team, and the Canadian championship being pulled. I guess first off, Mitchell, can can you make any sense of of uh, the press releases which are flying right and left right now? <laughs> well, um, I mean, it's a bit it's it's obviously a surprise. I mean, what a week! I mean, in the in the past week, we've had uh, our interim manager's contract get extended, and Marbiello being on, and at, at, at least until the Trinidad and Tobago uh, qualification match for Copa America at Barrett. We've had the general secretary step down. Uh, before her first day in charge, and now we have, uh, uh, you know, it up. It's up in the air right now. Who is the uh, the broadcaster for 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 Canadian soccer all across the board throughout the country? So, um, what do I think of it? I mean, it's it, it's hard to say because I I have no idea where the communication broke down. Um, I know that uh, one soccer doesn't have rights for Canadian soccer moving forward. This is a tweet from Joshua Cloak. Uh, yeah, Brock, like you mentioned, the broadcast rights. Um, now appear available. So I guess it's up for grabs. So does that mean that, you know, potentially a TSN might be able to step in, a Sportsnet, you know, even a CBC, all who have previously covered um, Canadian soccer to an extent in the past. I mean, I know that we've all read about how Canada soccer used to have to work to try to pay some of these mainstream broadcasters in Canada just to cover a men's national team match or or what have you. So um, it's unfortunate, right? Like, what does this mean? Does this mean that one soccer doesn't have the exclusive rights to cover the CPL or they just did, they, they, they don't have the ability to cover it whatsoever along with the, you know, like you mentioned the Canadian championship and the men's and women's national team matches. Um, yeah. So like we just said, like, this is just coming out. So yeah. W- what are your thoughts, Josh? Normally I'm a pretty optimistic person, you know, I kind of wake up happy and, and kind of find uh, the glass half full on, on most occasions, but uh, I'm not going to lie. I was feeling pretty, pretty antsy reading uh, Joshua Cloak's reporting just, just for the magnitude of how screwed up this has gotten, right? Just from the statements that he was able to put out and couple together from both Canada Soccer Business and Media Pro, uh, you know, uh, Canada Soccer Business has decided to pursue legal action. Uh, so that's actually going to be fought out in the courts. Um, and my understanding is they are going to take back full control of the rights immediately to try and partner um, with another media network. But that's that's difficult to do, right? Like putting deals together doesn't happen overnight. And of course, like we have Champions Cup, right? Like we, we have CPL uh, clubs that are going to be playing, what, less like weeks, two, yeah. two weeks. Um, and then... In addition to that, like CPL clubs are still finalizing their rosters, and I assume they depend on money from that media deal to be able to to have their day to day operations go on. So, um, generally, right now, I'm feeling a, <laughs> I, I guess it's safe to say, a fair bit of anxiety, just trying to figure out, okay, how does this shake out in the long term, um, not only for Canada Soccer Business, but also for the leagues, uh, for the players who are involved. Uh, you know, the staffers who rely on this for, for their day-to-day, yeah. you know, job, right? Like, Which I thought was is fantastic ever since the inception of One Soccer, just that there was an actual soccer, a Canadian soccer-specific broadcasting network here in Canada where there was full-time reporters, pundits, analysts, broadcasters, people that were committed to covering Canada, Canadian soccer specifically as their full-time job. And I think that, that that contributes tremendously to the growth of, of this sport and the attention and the interest um, in, 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 the, in the CPL. And, like, it, it's fascinating. I, I mean, I, I tuned into the One Soccer Today show essentially on a daily basis. I was watching the episode that they put out earlier. And, um, you know, I, I definitely feel for the, the Adam Jenkins, the Oliver Platts, 
the Gareth Wheelers, um, Jordan know, Wilson as well. Jordan Wilson, who we had on our show, you know, two weeks ago. Um, I, I would imagine that they're, that they're pretty blindsided by this news as well. Andy Petrillo, like, what does this say for just the, the, the shows that they're, that they're producing? Like, uh, JJ, uh, Josh Deming and, uh, and Alex, they just did an interview with Theo Bear and, um, Harry Payton from Motherwell. Like, this is great content that, that just did not exist prior. And, and that funding and that money that was being invested, um, through that partnership to, from Canada Soccer Business and Media Pro to to employ these people to provide this excellent coverage, like yes, it's not getting millions of views, but it is creating an ecosystem and feeding a you know a niche audience that is slowly growing over time. So I, I hope that these guys aren't are completely out of a job overnight, and uh, this kind of coverage can continue. What where will these games be broadcasted? I guess that's that's the next question. I feel like the CSB wouldn't um, you know terminate this agreement or attempt to because they had a 10-year deal i believe yeah um so obviously I, I don't think that they would take this bold of a step like they said that that uh, um canada uh, that media pro defaulted on majority of their rights fees that were due for 2023 and they failed to secure a broader audience for the for, for all of the you know, national teams championship of the Canadian premier league so i guess that was part of media pro's mandate was not only to obviously pay what was expected of them but help grow um what they're trying to promote through Canada soccer business. And I guess they haven't lived up to that so far. Yeah. Yeah. And th that that's one of the really key parts. Like there's so much we don't know, of course, because this is an evolving and breaking story, but for them to, you know, um, CSB to take the time to say in their statement that media pro did not meet the requirements for growing their audience makes me wonder if maybe the numbers that they were seeing weren't to their to their liking or, or, or had sort of flatlined a little bit, you know, you weren't seeing the growth. Of course, speaking about the CPL at, at the local level, like we know that there was a 20% increase in attendance this year at, at, uh, at matches. So people showing up in person, but maybe things were flagging a bit behind on the actual, um, like TV people, you know, checking in, in the evenings to watch matches. So, we don't have those numbers and it just leaves us kind of speculating like, you know, how, how poorly were they doing, mm -hmm. right? Is there something going on in the background that we don't know? And what's also really interesting as well is of course, from my understanding, like all the CPL club owners, they're also on the board for CSB. So it must've been uh, yeah. a group interest, a group decision to decide, Hey, like this isn't working for us let's pivot another way and see if we can try and get some of Canada's other uh, media leaders to try and potentially be a platform for, for the game in the future. Like, like we just saw with the uh, uh, professional women's hockey league, right? Like they're broadcast everywhere. A hundred percent. And I mean, fair, fair play on, on the owners, you know, being involved with it, you know, obviously being on the board of the CSB, I mean, Derek Martin, owner of the Halifax Wanderers, <laughs> uh, but less than an hour ago, tweeted out a, a gif of the rock that just says, Hey, it's going to be okay. So, um, you know, for, I, I, maybe they have a, a backup. I mean, there's something else that's probably going to be announced shortly, I would imagine. Whether that's because think about the women's yeah. national team as well with the Christine Sinclair farewell matches in, uh, in BC. Yeah. Like that was broadcasted on TSN, right? Yeah. So, yeah. It's, um, yeah. Yeah. It, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. Like, I think the general idea or, or feeling out there in, in the Canadian footy landscape is that, you know, the, the two big companies, Rogers and Bell, didn't necessarily want to pay or invest in Canadian soccer, right? It wasn't a turnkey. Sponsors are lining up uh, right off the, the gate to throw money at it. And they didn't necessarily want, want to put the work in. Again, that's, that's just sort of my understanding. Um, again, with the Professional Women's Hockey League, you know, obviously Canada is very passionate about, about hockey. It's, it's, you know, many consider it the national sport. Um, and you saw that willingness to like, Oh, this is happening. All right. They, they jumped on board. And so um, I, I think we're going to really see where Rogers and Bell sit in the next few days. As you mentioned, Derek Martin uh, sending a, sending a gif out to tell us to calm down uh, gives me, gives me hope. Yeah. Uh, that things or there is something on the horizon to kind of soothe my ruffled feathers. But uh, as mentioned, I'm feeling, feeling a bit bothered right now, just, you know, in the uncertainty of it all.
Yeah, and um, just looking at uh, Media Pro and, and One Soccer's response to the original statement released by Canada Soccer Business, and you know they mentioned here. This is a quote from from uh, what Media Pro it says: "Since partnering with CSB, we have invested more than sixty million dollars to create an ecosystem for the Canadian game and its fans." including through production facilities and capabilities, popular online communities, and the establishment of One Soccer, a first-of-its-kind channel dedicated to Canadian soccer. We believe that no entity has invested more in Canadian soccer than MediaPro. I mean, that's, that's, I mean that's, that's a decently large sum, especially, you know, taking a... a, a taking a chance, you know, in, in, in creating, like that they mentioned... Um, you know, production facilities and, 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 and hiring, think about all the camera operators and the tech people and obviously the people that you see the broadcasters on screen and analysis, like this is not just a, a small operation, even even to to get everything put together for the, the launch of a, a, of a professional soccer league. Yes, it's the Canadian Premier League, it's growing, but, you know, $60 million investment, like there was a lot put into this, right? And um you know, they say it has become clear that CSB has been and will be unable to fulfill its side of our commercial agreement. So basically, Media Pro and One Soccer is firing the same sort of accusations right back at Canada Soccer Business. Um, they say we made the best efforts to work with the CSB on a constructive path forward, but have come to a position where we have no choice but to seek to terminate our agreement. Um, we continue to be excited about the many great things happening in Canadian soccer, but have taken this step in the interest of our global business and our many partners around the world. As this matters now before the Ontario Superior Court, we will have no further comment. So that's the statement from the broadcaster itself. So that makes me think, what happens to the broadcasting schedule for one soccer? I mean, this is the biggest story in Canada soccer, which says something because this has been a week of a few big stories, right? So <laughs> what what do they not release any further coverage until, or do they just act like this is something that isn't happening? Like that Adam Jenkins, Gareth Wheeler, Jordan Wilson, Oliver Platt show, like, do they not talk about this? Cause this is now the news, you know? So what happens And, and that's a really good question. Like I, I, you know, frankly, right now, I have no idea what, what is going to happen. Um, of course the CPL just announced their schedule and like my brain Im immediately went to until they have um, their next broadcast partners lined up like, will the schedule have to change, right? Like the schedule is contingent on flying people and equipment around to be able to produce these these matches, right? Like at the final at Halifax, for example, you had uh, Ch Charlie O'Connor-Clark uh, fly in. Uh, Laura Armstrong was also uh, at the match, right? They had cameramen and crew um, who, who came in specifically for that, photographers. So, you know, it... And until there's some clarity again of where the rights will land um yeah it just makes me it just makes me anxious thinking about planning for the season um you know like we're not that far away from canada uh, having to play trinidad and tobago as well uh to try and get into copa america right so like People are, people are trying to plan around this essentially is what I'm trying to say. And, and without clarity, you know, it, it uh, makes everything feel really uncertain, which is a shame because it, you know, leading up to the world cup in 2022, it felt like uh, the sport was really taking a, a big step in this country, right? It, it deserved an award show. It, you know, we, we were going to the world cup for the first time <laughs> in living memory, at least for my case, right. For my 31 years. Right. So it's uh yeah, very, very strange day. I have a difficult time thinking that both part, like this falling out happens at this point, you know, like you mentioned within a week of, or in the same week where the Canadian premier league schedule is released. I mean, I'm sure yeah, to a degree, I mean, to a very high degree, that that the time and the the timing and the dates of all a lot of those games are bait. Like for every one of those games, are 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 made taken into consideration the 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 broadcasting capabilities, right? Like, it, it, I I just have a yeah, I have a hard time thinking that all of those same people that work to produce the broadcasts for every CPL match, like I, I have a hard time thinking that because this deal falls apart now, they don't just get picked up by another entity. Like will mm -hmm. one soccer separate from media pro or is that probably too dicey? Cause media pro owns the rights and the, and the, um, 
the likeness and the patent and the one soccer is, is their brand. So like, do you lose the Andy Petrillos and the Adam Jenkins and do they just go wherever it can fund the broadcasting of all of this content that, that they've been proficient in broadcasting for the last five years? Like no one, I, I know that there's people have their, their, their qualms, their, 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 their preferences and what they don't like about, you know, Gareth Wheeler's Oh Canada, Oh baby. And some of his commentary and, yeah, yeah. and analysis and whatever, but it's like, who at TSN as far as I, I don't know who at these other networks is is more um, privy to to covering this on a regular basis and is in the know enough to be able to do the Canadian soccer coverage justice like these people are currently doing like do they just yeah. go to TSN do they just go to Sportsnet or CBC or wherever else is going to pick this stuff up um, are they going to bring up a, a new crew because I would really just I'm just thinking this from a journalist perspective like I would hate to see these people be you know, be out of a, a job. A hundred percent. And, and, you know, I, I think both of us w- wish nothing but well wishes to all of these producers and reporters and hosts and journalists who have been working tirelessly over the last number of years to put together, as you mentioned earlier, Mitchell, you know, unique content that was not available in this country beforehand, right? Not to this extent. Um, and, it had gone like, let, let's not mince words as well. Like there was a noticeable improvement of quality and content since the CPL started. And when one soccer got the exclusive rights for everything like this past season, I think it's pretty safe to say was as good as it's ever been for the CPL um, in terms of like the broadcast itself. It was pretty, it was pretty seamless. Um I do know that, you know, just looking at social media or whatever else, you can see there are some people who are excited about the possibility of opening this up to a larger audience. Of course, there were pitfalls with One Soccer and Media Pro in so much as you had to subscribe to the specific channel or like myself, if you subscribe to Fubo, then you'd, you'd get it. But um, yeah, it, it, until the dust settles, it, it'll be hard to see if this is, a a good thing overall for the sport in Canada, or you know, if if this is a major blow to the aspirations to to, to growing it and, and creating a positive movement around uh, football in Canada, moving towards the twenty twenty six World Cup. Yeah, it makes you wonder too. Like, if you know, TSN picked up the broadcasting rights for every CPL match, are the same amount of eyeballs going to be on? I, I would think that it would be obviously an increase in viewership, but would the content quality be on par with what one soccer is able to produce because one soccer it the their their primary focus is producing top tier canadian soccer content right like would it i guess it's just i would hate to see i, I don't know I, i'd hate to see it get swept swept under the rug and like what tsn i don't have cable personally right now i have like i i use fubo and that that's all so uh, or in just rel- numerous streaming apps. So like, doesn't TSN have like five different networks? Yeah. So let's they put on CPL games and like TSN five or whatever. It, it does that. It is that more still more accessible to a lot of people than one soccer? Like I I don't. I, I and I, I don't know. Like if it comes in a basic cable package. And that may be the case, but like similar to you, I also don't have cable, right? So it's like, okay, I would literally be getting, signing up to TSN or Sportsnet or whoever would would land the rights uh, to watch. And I know for hockey, um, I'm a Montreal Canadiens fan uh, in in the hockey sphere or whatever, but I know for hockey, like watching Habs games on TSN is terrible. Uh, They have have local uh, media blackouts all the time. So like it'll have the game listed there. Um, this is of course where I'm going to my parents' house, uh, but like they'll, they'll have the games listed there and you're not able to watch it because it's been blacked out for your region. It's like, okay, well, this is the closest team to me in Canada and I'm not allowed to watch that. Like, so I, I, I don't, I don't know what to make of this. I can't make head or tails of it. But one thing that you mentioned, Mitchell, is that one soccer, like this, that was their, their reason to be around was to push forward Canadian footy. And if it does go to TSN or Sportsnet, th- those are such large corporations, which already have a, a, a lot of uh, pies in the oven, as it were. 
uh, and they just become a, another entity of that large corporation, right? Well, exactly, because they're that the, the soccer coverage is not at the top of the priority list at that point. Is it, you know it, it could be considered into the, the overall package that they provide, but this it's not going to compete with hockey. It's not going to compete with basketball coverage or football coverage. It's just it's going to exist, but it it's not going to get that proper packaging like it gets at uh you know yeah at an entity that that's solely focused on the coverage of the canadian game so it'd be a shame to see one soccer be completely wiped out that's my personal opinion unless there's a a better alternative i'd like to see it but yeah sometimes i think that perhaps some think that the sometimes some fans you know want more than we're able to produce right now we need to work with what we got to 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 be able to build and, and, and and grow this ecosystem and and also, I wonder what it means to the CPL. Like, if they don't have a backup plan for the broadcasting rights, or they're not already in negotiations and it's about to close and in it with the, with a different broadcaster, like, what does that mean? <laughs> Where do you watch the games? I, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. But anyway, I, I guess it will be moving forward. There, there should be more to come from this because they have to come up with a solution quickly. And I mean, that's the thing too. It's like. There was times I know towards the end of the or at some points during the CPL season where uh, because of scheduling conflicts or two games at the same time where one soccer was was streaming matches for free on YouTube. And, you know, worst case scenario, I would say, are these games going to be streamed on YouTube? I guess the Canadian Premier League channel would would temporarily assume coverage of the league. Like, obviously, they produce content anyway, but would all that stuff just get brought over there will there be a total they can't do like shows like one soccer today or, or anything like that because that's one soccer so they have to go over and do a different show it's just i'm very interested to, to just consider the brand the rebrand over the next yeah the, the the one thing to think about as well so for the pwhl i think when the league the two previous women's uh leagues merged they had about four months leeway to get everything together in terms of their media rights and, and whatever else uh, you know, kickoff is mid-April for the CPL. So you've got February and March. So you've got two months and change to get things organized and, and get things ready to have, quote, unquote, a normal season. Um, that's a monumental task. And I do not envy whoever has to try and organize organize that. But, um, you know, I wish them nothing but the best. And and I'm I'm earnestly looking forward to more news about what's to come because of course both of us uh it goes without saying you know want the, want the best for the sport and and for the league right definitely um i think at this point though we're definitely going to beat trinidad and tobago in march because look at all this <laughs> adversity man like we could we could survive this holy shit Andre i was gonna say i got nothing you, you can already tell what uh, BLO's messaging is going to be, right? So it's just like, the whole world's against us. No one can watch us. <laughs> yeah, you can screw up and no one will know. It's fine because they can't yeah, play see. Play free. Play free. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah, which I guess gets us into the news, which you touched on off the top here. Uh, Mr. BLO is back. Back again. Yeah. Um, like he never left. Like he, like he never left. Um See, has Yeah, well, I think there's a couple of factors that kind of play into this. I know you have his press release queued up, but you've you've got to think that, given it being such an important match, they didn't want to change managers who might have a completely different philosophy and system, and maybe wasn't familiar with the players, and they decide to go with the devil, you know. Yeah. Well, his record is is one and two so far in three matches that he's 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 been at the helm for the men's national team. Um, didn't experiment much against Japan when he had the opportunity to do so. Played it safe versus Jamaica, which I think was a good call. Made some questionable, at best, uh, decisions in the sec- middle of the second half that arguably could you know you could say cost Canada the game to some degree. Um, but anyway, all that aside, yeah, like you said, he's. He's the guy who's who's been here up to this point. It's a little bit too late to call. Like I actually going back to you know one soccer analyst Oliver Platt mentioned this and 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 followed up on it. I believe after the announcement, like it was essentially unrealistic to think that Canada soccer was going to be able to 
to announce a, a new permanent long-term hire to lead the country into the 2026 World Cup when they hadn't even had their general secretary um, start the the job, which, you know, I that's important, I, I guess. I, I have not worked on the inside of a, of a, a, a soccer organization before, the, the governing body of a, of a sport in a country. So I know that the general secretary has a boatload of of um, responsibilities and and finding that coach is is the number one uh, is number one on that list. So uh, how are they going to find this coach if if that individual hasn't even started yet? So I mean, it's not really a surprise when you put those two options together or those two factors together. And yeah, she's if the general secretary hasn't started, you're not going to find the coach. So you know the clock was ticking, and I guess you know they haven't made much progress on on finding that coach. They have to get the general secretary in, but. It makes you think, why has this been taking so long in the first place? You know, because I get why he's he's staying until March now, because it's too late to make a decision like that at this point. But yeah, you could have had a general secretary and I would imagine in the fall. But I don't know what which, that process is like. So. Which I think brings us to the news about the secretary that wasn't. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. All these things is tying together. Um. Exactly. So we're, I guess, by that logic, if you can't hire a long-term head coach until you have a general secretary appointed and on the job, um, Allison Walker was expected to start on Monday. It is now Thursday, January 25th. She was supposed to start, yeah, on uh, Monday the 22nd and that did not happen because of the weekend it was announced that she will not be able to fulfill the duties because of a personal matter that occurred um she said in a statement after careful consideration and conversation with my family i have decided for personal reasons to take some time away i will not step into the role of general secretary of canada soccer i wish canada soccer the very best and will be cheering on from afar they had this um organi- this consulting firm corn fairy that that helped in that lead the way in the search um, they said that that uh, organization has resumed the extensive global search for a general secretary, which will include the highly qualified pool of candidates that have already been interviewed and vetted. So it's, I mean, it sounds like they've already done the interviewing process and then they selected her. So surely enough, within the next week, we should expect just the second best candidate to be announced as the the new leader of this position. Yeah, they've already done the legwork, right? So you think theoretically, you know, they would have eliminated to a couple of candidates and then chosen Allison Walker as the best amongst them. Uh, it just makes sense that they would just, you know, backtrack a little bit to to get this moving in the right direction. But you did uh, bring up something with with her statement. Um, Candace Soccer in general is not great at communications, but the fact that uh, Allison Walker's post originally went out on LinkedIn <laughs> is where is where like she first started breaking it, and then it went out from that. I I, I worry um, about the level of organization that is is going on and in, in, in uh, Candace Soccer just because you know it seems like they're reacting to everything, right? So like Allison Walker puts out a statement on LinkedIn everyone hears about it and then and then they're dealing with it right mm-hmm. like uh joshua cloak and of course rick westhead from tsn has also been uh breaking some news about the uh candace soccer business media pro deal and then we get a a, a note from candace soccer coming out uh saying you know they they look forward to seeing what happens for the uh the national teams and canadian championships so it's like uh feels a bit like a tire fire in in a lot of ways you know there it's um yeah there's there's a lot going on which which i understand and and respect but at the same time i feel like being transparent could go a long way mitigating how a lot of people look at the organization right like it's you know it's no secret that a lot of the general public uh, feels hard done by um by the organization so having having the foresight to you know draft draft a statement when the person you've chosen to to be your general secretary is going to back out and not have it broken on linkedin yeah i i I mean i don't know how you don't get ahead of that yeah at the very least i understand that she's parting ways before having to 
uh, long of a, of a tenure at all. But, you know, you, you would think that there would be some kind of mutual understanding that, hey, the organization is going to put out a release first and foremost, unless they were supposed to time those her LinkedIn posts with the Canada soccer release and she took it on her own to, to hit publish. I mean, yeah, it's not a major factor, but it is it, it, it kind of, you know, peels back the curtain to show that, you know, perhaps things aren't as uh, organized behind the scenes as you think that perhaps they could be. Yeah. And I don't mean to be so negative, but it does come from a general place of care and concern because, and we've said this before on the show, we are building up to hosting the world for the 2026 World Cup. And I want it to be as best as it possibly can, right? You want it to be a stepping stone to greater things uh, for for soccer in, in this country. And when you're seeing such simple errors happen i find it quite worrisome right like Mm -hmm. i don't long story short i don't want to be embarrassed on the world stage by doing a poor job of of having other clubs play or clubs other countries come here and say oh god you know like things are in the dark ages in, in canada compared to everywhere else in the europe when it comes to the sport yeah, definitely. And I do believe on, I think it's February 4th, they're going to, FIFA's going to be doing the, the releasing the schedule for the each individual matches and, and where the each individual game at the World Cup and where those matches will be held, what city, what, what venue. So we'll find out at that point uh, to what extent, how uh, consistently we can work to avoid embarrassing ourselves on, on the world stage. Uh, so yeah, hopefully, hopefully things get a little bit yeah, maybe this is just the, the you know the storm before the calm. Maybe we have to get all of this <laughs> stuff out of the way early, you know, blow it all up, and then start repairing. And by the time you know twenty twenty five comes around, we'll we'll really be able to start working towards cleanly presenting ourselves on the international stage. Yeah, yeah, water's got to go over the bridge before it can go under it. In this case, we're destroying the bridge essentially. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> Well, you know, there are there has been a a good news story um, and at least one. uh, The Canadian women's soccer coach, Bev Priestman, has been extended through to the 2027 World Cup. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a pretty I mean, that's positive, right? Like that, that 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 was a big one that came out earlier today, I believe. And I mean, yeah, who else would you want to have at the helm for the women's team right now? You know, one gold at the Olympics. They're going back to Paris in the summer. I mean, obviously, disappointing World Cup campaign. 2023 but um yeah if you could you know for the for the most part it seems like she's been quite effective so there is some good news amongst all of this uh this turmoil that's that's plaguing us at the moment yeah and her her record as well uh through 47 matches for canada as head coach is 29 and 10 that's that's pretty spiffy yeah that's that's yes i mean it's triple triple the wins Hard, hard, hard to complain with this, right? And and the other thing as well to keep in mind is she actually is still quite young. Uh, she's thirty seven years old, um. So I mean, theoretically, younger than Christine Sinclair, quite well. Well, you know, <laughs> look at that, eh? Uh, you know, assuming things go well, like she could be the 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 head coach for a long time yet. Um, can she do both coaching jobs? <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm sure they can ask. Let's let's get her on the horn. Um, yeah, no, that that is positive news for sure. There's one element of Canada soccer that's holding it together right now. So, thank God for that. It's uh, like I said, don't mean to be so negative, but uh, yeah, a, a ray of sh- sunshine and otherwise a pretty stormy week of uh, Canadian footy news. Let's give the people some good stuff. Some on the pitch, some some transfers, some oh, trophies, buddy. some some goals. What's what's let, let let's let's pivot to the positive side of this episode, the sunshine yeah. and the rainbows. You got some Do- CPL scoops, don't you, Josh? You should fire them away. Yeah, yeah. So uh, one thing I did want to talk about um, before we get into some of the scoops, which there are lots of scoops, guys, um, is the schedule. Yeah, man. Uh, so the schedule for the CPL was released this week, as we touched on previously. And I was actually really pleased to see a couple of different things this year compared to other years. Um, firstly, they put the final match for every club on the same day at the same time. So there actually is going to be a decision day now instead of having it spread out as before. And I think that 
is huge just in terms of having the league line up with the rest of the world, right? Like it's, it's the same for EPL and, and all the other big leagues. Why not here? So uh, that was, that was a big plus for me. And the other thing I noticed is it was a lot less congested. Like there was more rest. So the season is slightly longer this year. And I think the regular season wraps up near the end of October. Uh, So they've added on, you know, an extra two weeks, give or take. Um, but that's going to do worlds for the quality of play on the pitch. I know there are a few times this past season, for example, where the Wanderers had four matches in 11 days. They played in Halifax. They flew to Vancouver Island. They flew back to Halifax, played again, flew to Calgary, and then flew back to Halifax, right? So like, if you think about, you know, traveling, I'd be exhausted without playing any sports, right? Just just getting to and fro would would wear me right out. And obviously, I'm not a professional athlete. Uh, but there's no denying that that level of being sedentary and trapped in an airplane um, is going to impact your body, and it's going to drag you down, and that's going to impact the quality of play on the pitch. So uh, big positives on the schedule end. Yeah, the European soccer mind cannot comprehend Oh, yeah, man. I, I mean, uh, it's got to be one of the biggest away days you can possibly have flying from Vancouver Island to Halifax or vice versa, right? Oh, 100%. Um, yeah, I, I really do like that. Um, I, that that was that was a concern that was brought up during the last week of matches in, in 2023. To, 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 the fact that, you know, some I think it was with the Atletico Ottawa and York United playoff run. It was or the, the the hunt for that last playoff spot, and um, essentially, I I don't know if that was how it t- turned out to be, but I'm pretty sure Atletico Ottawa like it, there was a scenario where essentially if York won their match, Ottawa had no chance of, of qualifying for the playoffs, but because they were so essentially it's like they were scheduled to play afterwards, it takes all the excitement out of the out of the match. It's like they had nothing to play for now. It's so much more exciting when you have that um, final day drama. So and I know that a lot of supporters voice their opinions and their thoughts about that. Um, Chris Searle specifically, shout out to Chris Searle. I saw him on the timeline; he was really going in on that. So uh, obviously, the league listened, and and uh, the fans got what they want regarding that one. A hundred percent. So I'm going to put on my uh, CPL Insider cap right now. Throw it on. We need music but, for this part of the show. Yeah, like, we need some man. like segment music, some transition. Like, what, what could this segment be called? Josh of Scoops. Scoop. <laughs> I don't know, man. We, we, we'll, we'll have to uh, workshop a name for it a little bit. I think, I mean, you're the music guy. Uh, we'll see what you come up for transition, then we can kind of go from there. Huh? All right, we'll think about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, sweet. Obviously, I published a piece on the Wanderers Notebook today. Some big news for Haligonians. Jeremy Gagnon-Lapare is back for round two. Um, this is something that I've been picking away at for almost six weeks now. Um, the story was originally broken um, that he was leaving York United by Northern Tribune. And I kind of followed up with that and was able to confirm with various parties that he'd signed back in the CPL. That was before Christmas. And then in the weeks uh, following that, again, I've been picking away a little bit, uh, trying, to, trying to figure out where he landed. And I was able to confirm with multiple sources on either end of the, the, the deal um, that he has indeed signed again for Halifax. And he's going to be here on a multi-year deal until 2025. Um, I think this is a huge pickup. He's 28. He's played in the MLS USL. Yeah, he's got caps for the national team. Um, you know, I, I think this is a good get for Halifax's midfield and, and adds to an already outstanding center of the pitch for them. So um, what, what did you think when uh, you had the chance to peruse my piece? I was I was excited that Wanderer's Notes was getting the credit amongst the other uh, Canada soccer media outlets for breaking the story. Um, so that was nice to see. Yeah, when I what I I mean, I, I'm excited to see him back. I think he was one of he was one of my favorite players uh, with the Wanderers in in 2022. I think he generally had a good season with York. He was obviously a commanding presence in the center of the pitch. Um, I was looking at the CPL by the numbers post earlier today that kind of showed where he ranked. Um, as far as what, what was he like in the 90% of, of, of 
passes throughout the league. Obviously, a player yeah. that's highly involved in, in maintaining possessions and, and working to break the lines, the defense, and whatnot. So it's going to be someone that Halifax will, will uh, of course, be happy to have back. I know that he, you know he left on pretty good terms as well. You mentioned. Um, so yeah, wow, like it definitely strengthens the team. To I'm just trying to figure out where he fits in the starting eleven, right? Like, yeah, you have Caligari, you have Rampersad, you have, you know, you have him now, right? So yeah, I, I'm 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 curious as well. Uh, just based on last year, you've got to think that Lorenzo Caligari is is going to continue to slot in every match that he's fit, and. Um, Obviously, Ron Prasad is, is going to be going back and forth with the national team again this year. You know, he's done quite well from my understanding and the matches that I've watched. So I wonder if they end up on a rotational basis between uh, Gagnon Lapare and, and uh, Mr. Halifax, just like they did this past year, right? Uh, again, Ron Prasad and, and Mo Omar were kind of going back and forth. Right, that's true. Um, so maybe they run a, a similar system or, or maybe Patrice completely changes it up and changes the formation and doesn't really want that double pivot um, in, in the same way. So it does give them options, especially if, if injuries plague them. Uh, but overall, I think it's a, it's a very good signing for, for the Wanderers, uh, getting a known entity and, and then again, a, a veteran leader. Yes, definitely. I mean, he's played the last three seasons in the CPL, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Um, obviously, yeah, 28 years old, 28, 29, has, has represented the, the national team a couple times as well. Like you mentioned, experience in the, the USL. Um, yeah, he's he's an exciting player to watch. He's obviously a leader on the field. And it'll be someone that I think uh, Patrice Geyser will be more than happy to to welcome into his camp. Um, do you know if he's in Halifax yet and, and you're enough for the preseason or... When, yeah, because their preseason starts early February, right? T- typically, yeah. Um, I think la- actually, I think last year was in March. But like, like when we, as you know, when we spoke to Ben Fisk the other day, like he was already at the training facilities for Vancouver FC. Right. So I've I haven't heard anything about the Wanderers camp and when it will be. Um, but I'm sure they'll they'll announce that in pretty short order once they get their flights booked wherever they're headed. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, Wanderers Wednesdays is going to start relatively soon, right? So when they it's start gonna... rolling up the signings, that is what's Thursday, January 25th. Right now, do we have another Thursday, Wednesday? Okay, Wednesday, uh, January 31st. Is that when they will officially? That, that's when signing? they kick things off. So that's when they're going to start uh, announcing their signings. Um, I've heard that they're. There's a half a dozen uh, players that are going to come out, which is which is great. Obviously, um, you know, I've had the opportunity to to confirm and break two of them, and Giorgio Probo, and of course now with uh, Jeremy Gagnon Lapare. So uh, they'll confirm those. <laughs> uh, you got a little bit I, of a head start, though. Uh, just a bit, just a bit. I think those will probably be the first two press releases they put out. <laughs> Or if they want to, if uh, they want to make me sweat, they'll wait till the very end. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, 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 will there be a little bit of relief on your end once you see those press releases come out? Obviously, you've you've clarified with numerous sources prior to, to publishing those stories. So I yeah, I, yeah. Actually, I'm I'm not worried at all. Like, uh, just just to peel the curtain back on on uh, you know how journalism works, especially in in opportunities like this. You know, having people talk to you. Um, after breaking a story is always very important. So I, I do my best to foster relationships, right? You know, I probably only put out a tenth of everything that I'm hearing for a number of reasons. One, I don't want to burn sources if I talk too much. Uh, people will pretty quickly figure out, you know, who I am talking to in different organizations, whether that be at agencies, players themselves uh, within the club. So I always try to tread quite carefully with that. And then even once someone does say something to me, you know, they give me a tidbit of information, I always need to confirm it, right? It's it's one thing because everyone wants to be anonymous. No one wants to be caught telling lies in school. So once I get that information, I'm, as you know, Mitchell, being a journalist, I've got to then go verify it with other sources, right? Like I need receipts. I need to be able to say, okay, th- if I say this, with my reputation on the line, this is a hundred percent the truth as it currently stands, and and I try to live up to that. So, uh, for the Provo story, as well as the one that I broke today, uh, you know, 
I've got multiple sources. Uh, you know, I've got the receipts to, to show that, you know, when I put this out, um, it was the truth and it was factually correct. And, and uh, yeah, I'm going to keep trying to do that for, for everything moving forward. I think people would appreciate that, that, uh, you know, quick description of the process behind the scenes and the amount of, uh, you know, scrutiny and, and uh, attention to detail and, and fact checking and, and, you know, pl- not, not playing it safe, well, playing it safe, I guess, but uh, you know, ensuring that everything checks out before you go public with information. Cause like you mentioned, like, your your reputation as a as a journalist is on the line, and obviously you want to maintain relationships as well to provide accurate information to to people that are interested in whether it's transfer news, Canadian footy news overall. You want you want to be accurate and you know, report. So, yeah, I think that was that was helpful for sure. I, and that's another thing to to keep in mind as well. It's like as as much fun as I'm having, like this is a blast, and I absolutely love it. Like I'm very respectful that these are people's careers. Right there, there are, you know, there could be a chance where, you know, a transfer happens and a player hasn't been informed yet because I've been told ahead of time in some cases, right? Like I try to always keep in mind that, you know, this impacts people, uh, information getting out there and, you know, I want to do right by them and, and also my sources and, and frankly, uh, the league as a whole, right? Like I, I think that, transfers uh, and news around it is is something that you know is a sign of a healthy league that people are talking about it gets people excited and and i'm just trying to do my own parts to to try and create that buzz uh heading into the season and uh yeah do do my darndest to make sure that everything that i report is is correct as much fun as i am having most definitely uh anything else you'd like to add on to the transfer list Oh, I've got a few things here, a few things. Um, so I previously reported uh, going back to the end of the season that Zachary Fernandez had interests from uh, multiple uh, clubs around the world, um, which is you know very exciting for him as a young 22 year old. Um, unfortunately, uh, you know I, I did hear that conversations had progressed. Um, I don't know which club it was, where they were located, um, but. Zachary Fernandez will be back with the Wanderers this season. So his, his transfer fell through. And again, I don't know how far down the garden path they got, um, but I was able to confirm that he will not be moving on this year. Um, and the reason that I was given was it, it came down to money. And again, I, I don't think this is, um, you know, something that was the Wanderers fault in any way, shape or form. Um, it just wasn't the right fit. Um, and the dollar figure had something to do with that. So we're going to have to wait a little bit longer to maybe hear about the first Wanderers player being sold on. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's good news for, for Wanderers fans in so much as Fernandez will be back. And of course he, he was an excellent, uh, right back who, who played as a winger, uh, this past season. So it, it'll be good to, to see him back and, and maybe it's something that he moves at uh, the transfer window when that opens up, uh, later on in the summer. It really makes you wonder as well. I know that we briefly talked about this off air the other day, but like, you know, you have like the Wanderers are, are you know, they, they have the potential to have a decent cash infusion if they have a bit of a sell-off before some of these players' contract expires at, at, at some point, right? You have Dan Nimick, Kale Lockery, um, Zachary Fernandez, like you just men- mentioned, Lorenzo Caligari, you know, Massimo Ferret. I mean, these these are five players right here. If you, if you could probably get a transfer, a decent transfer fee from them they, in comparison to what you paid, if anything, to to sign them initially. So, I mean, the, the, the development in the Halifax core over the last year has been, obviously all of these players have seen their stock rise, right? And there has been, there has been interest, as reported by you from, from other clubs. It's just a matter of, you know, when you, when you look at the CPL and the highest transfer of an outgoing player in the past has been what a little under half a million dollars like these are all players that could be you know depending on every one of them has a different price tag attached to them but you know from a club coming from maybe a club in europe or mls they probably see those those other transfer fees and be like okay we're gonna offer this but you know they want to zachary fernandez is, is worth more now and the quality of players that are that have the potential to depart from the cpl has now increased and along with the value 
And um, I, I, from my, I'm just, you know, as you know, guessing what it looks like, but I'm sure that perhaps it was a low ball situation where they, they tried to get him for less than he was worth. And the Wanderers props to them didn't go for that because they know the value of a player like a Zachary Fernandez. So it'll be interesting to see what players do you end up sticking around. Obviously the January transfer window is coming to a close. The CPL transfer window doesn't end until late April or early April. So um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to follow along, but uh, it's exciting for Waters fans, you know, to see Fernandez back in the fold for, for 2024. 100%. You mentioned CPL by the numbers earlier, and I'm actually working uh, with, with him to put together um, a couple of pieces highlighting the Wanderers roster that's returned. And, and as you said, like, this is a quality squad that's going to come back. The the spine of it, you know, there are several players who are within the top 20 as per uh, CPL by the numbers model in the league, right? Between Aiden Daniels, Nimick, Caligari, Farron, like you've got some quality players who stood heads above the rest of the, the league. And at some point that's going to translate into a transfer. Yeah. Even agents that I've been talking to, whether they have clients in the CPL or, or overseas or whatever, like they've said, like, it's just a matter of time for the Wanderers and it will come to pass because they do have that quality. Um, and yeah, I I've spoken to Matt Fegan before as well. And he mentioned, you know, he's like, you don't have to sell players, right? Like at the end of the day, their goal as an organization is to win trophies, right? They they want to win the league. They want to win the playoffs. And, you know, instead of selling someone for the sake of selling them, if it's not the right fish, you know, I don't believe the Wanderers would, would do that. They're going to move players in a position where they can succeed. And also that's beneficial to the club. So, um, yeah, it'll just be a matter of time. And, and uh, my words to Wanderers fans would be, Enjoy the players that you have uh, while you can right now because they're not going to be here forever. Yeah, which is a testament to the success of the club. And, you know, if you have the if you have players like Dan Nimick coming through the door and, and departing on as a better as a better professional, then that kind of sets the standard for the Halifax Wanderers to recruit another player that bring onto the roster that's of that caliber to have them develop there and then so on and they just repeat that cycle. So they're creating a great reputation for themselves. Yeah. Um, is there anything, any, any other news transfer information that uh, has caught your attention around the CPL, uh, before we move on to do a little recap? I know we've been, we've been chatting for quite a bit here. I think we've probably hit the hour mark at this point. There's oh, a lot geez. going on, man. We can't, there's we can't a, help it. There's a lot going on. The only thing I would, I would highlight again is, um, for people curious about Manny Aparizio, the rumors continue to fly all over the place. I was listening to uh, capital city, uh, supporters group which is Atletico Ottawa's uh, supporters group. They put their, their podcast today and it was all about different rumors. And of course they signed Balu Tabla, uh, who was so great during the 20, uh, 2022 CPL season. Um, and, you know, they were talking about Manny and that of course Atletico Ottawa was interested. I did check in again um, and Manny is still looking to play beyond the CPL. Of course, training camps have opened for all the Canadian MLS clubs. Uh, and it's just a wait and see. We're waiting for a shoe to drop. Um, he's currently not on trial with any of the clubs. Um, if he does get that invite, he would go. But until that door kind of closes, he's not going to make any decision on any of the five CPL clubs who were um, confirmed to be interested in him. So uh, that's it. That's all for, for CPL stuff today. Well, I think we're going to wake up one morning and we're going to see him training alongside Kamal Miller and Maxine Crapo in Portland. <laughs> if, uh, if, yeah, talk about a trend day eh? and, and uh, Sean Rea as well. It was announced that he's going to be trialing yes. down in Portland. Yeah, he's on the, the preseason camp list, I believe. So, yeah, hopefully that works out for him because he's what? He's only 21, right? 21, 22, super young player. Of course, he was with uh, Valor for two seasons on on loan. And, back and then in he Montreal. Was back in Montreal. And, uh, yeah, they opted not to uh, not to renew his contract. So, Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where he heads next. Um, we can do a quick little wrap-up of uh, Canadian men's national team players abroad and all around. Uh, obviously, uh, Tejan Buchanan was able to lift his first trophy with Inter Milan and incredibly impressive. He was able to do that without even making his first appearance for the club yet. 
Um, they beat Napoli 1-0 in the Italian Super Cup final in uh, Saudi Arabia earlier this week. And uh, I don't know if you caught that photo of him holding up the trophy, which honestly looks a bit strange when you zoom into it. Like, I posted it onto my page, and then afterwards I kind of zoomed in. It almost looked like some of the players, like it was just the way that the photo was taken or it was blurred, but they looked like it was, it looked like it was almost AI-generated which I hope he did get to, to lift the trophy. That's an authentic photo. Um, but yeah, I know I caught some 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 clips of him celebrating afterwards. So obviously great for the morale, starting at such a huge club to be able to witness just what the overall culture is at, at such a European giant like Inter Milan. Like, hey, you're, you know, you sat on the bench for your first three matches in the <laughs> senior squad, but you're, you're able to win a trophy. So they play Fiorentina on Sunday. Um Obviously, Fiorentina, one of the the more competitive sides that are fighting yep. for that fourth uh, UEFA Champions League spot in the Serie A this season. So, um, I, I read some reports, I believe, um, that that said that he was he was taking some time to adapt to to the you know Inzaghi's philosophy and 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 getting used to the speed and training. But he's making some strides this week, and you know, hopefully, it, it, you know, if you see Inter in a, in a comfortable lead at some point this weekend like they have been in the, the previous few matches well not the last one i guess but um yeah hopefully we could see him make his debut soon because i'm tuning into every inter milan game now and i'm you know i'm becoming a supporter here and i still haven't seen any uh any any brampton magic yeah he he's yet to grace the pitch although i mean what an introduction for him right Shows up, sits on the bench for three games, gets to lift a trophy. I mean, if <laughs> yeah. only life could be so easy, huh? He put in a good shift, man. That's his uh, years <laughs> of sacrifice and hard work in college and playing MLS and, and Belgium. You know, right there, it's like, hey, man, here's a trophy. You don't have to do anything. There you go. I mean, you ever see the the, the if they ever cut to him on the bench, man, he got a, a real deadpan stare. So perhaps he just, maybe that's what he's bringing to the table so far. He's just scaring off the opponents in the pitch. Like, man, we got to do everything we can and not let this guy get on the on the field. Um, uh, I was going to say Tejon Buchanan. He's got the best mean mug in Syria, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hundred um, percent. Moving on to Kyle Laren, who, who scored the opening goal for Mallorca uh, on Wednesday, which led them to a three, two quarterfinal victory over La Liga winners, Girona in the Copa del Rey quarterfinals. And Mallorca will, will head to the, the semifinals of the domestic competition. Now I believe it's their first appearance uh at that point in the tournament uh, since 2009 they won the trophy in 2003 but Kyle Laren has been on an absolute goal scoring run even though he only has two goals in La Liga in the Copa del Rey there's been five matches that he's been in the match day squad for since joining the squad for this this uh year's competition he's played in four he's scored all four of them um as of recently in all competitions I believe he has scored let me just double check this here um one, two, three. Yeah, that is four goals in his last five games. Like that's that's he's he's something right now, man. He's on fire. He's picking up. Um, he scored that match winner um, against uh, Tenerife, the uh, La Liga two or the Liga two side um, that sent him to the quarterfinals. He scored in the hundred twentieth minute. That was that was last week, and he gave uh, two young fans of the opposing side some. Uh, match worn jerseys and that was a pretty wholesome moment i shared that on my my ex account so things are starting to look up for kyle laren and at a good time too man we talk about the canadian men's national team and the qualifier against trinidad and tobago and marks that i referenced five times per episode and it's good it's it's encouraging to see your strikers scoring goals at the at the club level and obviously jonathan david's been picking up a little bit too so um it's great for the the Kyle Laren morale boost. Uh, my Kyle Laren agenda is strong. I looked at my Twitter yesterday. I had five tweets, all Kyle Laren in a row. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm just I I like when he scores goals, man. Bars, man. Are, um, I'm just trying to think now. Do you do you tag Kyle Laren? Do you know if he's on X? I I think he is, but uh, he doesn't seem to be active. There's a Kyle uh, Laren okay. X account, and it has like one of those old like uh, NFT uh yeah. cartoons <laughs> i don't know if that's him but there's like some soccer people that follow that account so like maybe this is kyle laren um he got a pretty pretty professional uh um he he, he drops a lot of graphics on on instagram like he gets some like nice edits and stuff so whoever's like running the kyle laren uh branding department's doing a pretty good job um yeah so that's good um what else is going on uh jonathan osorio was named tfc captain a few mm. days ago, 
What do you think Shocking about that? Shocking no one. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's interesting, though, because, like, um, back to, you know, one soccer today, but, you know, Gareth Wheeler, uh, the, I was listening to the episode earlier, he brought up a good point. Like, Lorenzo Insigne was the captain of Napoli. You know, Jonathan Osorio was picked to be the captain of Toronto FC over a guy who was the captain of one of the, the biggest clubs in Italy. But, I mean, rightfully so. I mean, oh, you yeah, don't look 100%. to Lorenzo Insigne to be the team's leader right now. I mean, the guy has been looking for a move since the end of last season, getting into arguments with fans. I mean, th- he's not like it's important for him to just focus. If he's going to be there on improving Lorenzo Insigne and, and picking up that form that he once had. And I don't think there's any question that Jonathan Osorio, out of the current crop of players, is the one who's most qualified to to carry the torch for Michael Bradley for the long term. 100%. He'll be a pro, right? He will represent that organization well. He cares. Um, and, you know, we talked about it on the last episode, but he he really was the only logical choice. They uh, obviously had to do, dot some I's and cross some T's to get there. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very glad and excited to see what happens under his, his tenure as captain at the club. Um, we're waiting for some roster moves, of course. <laughs> uh, Jason Hernandez promised that he would he would be retooling, but uh, we'll we'll see what happens in the next few months. Yeah, hundred percent. And I mean, yeah, he's Mister TFC, all time appearance leader. He's been with the club since twenty thirteen. Since he started his professional career, you know, now he has someone he's familiar with as a head coach that that it appears to be from from what I've been reading, um, attempting to the best of his abilities, and it seems to be having some success. Kind of. <sighs> rejigging the, the the team's culture and, and and trying to you know improve the morale give them a sense of identity and something to work towards obviously he's john herman has created that leadership group that's featured you know he does have the italians in there he has sean johnson shane o'neill jonathan osorio and i think that it's uh you know anything else you know sean johnson's obviously a capable leader as well but with, with jonathan osorio's history with the club he's the only player on tfc currently that that was a part of that that treble winning season um so he knows what it's like to win there he knows what it's like to lose there and um as of right now there is no better player to to lead them out of that that the, the current rough patch that the club is in so um hopefully this can do something for for his playing ability his morale his confidence on the field and off the field and for the players around him the younger players to look up to him and um i think it's a good decision um I know that Ryan Gold with the Whitecaps has has signed on mm-hmm. until 2027 now. So obviously Whitecaps fans will be will be pleased to hear that their their working class DP won't be going anywhere. I know people constantly say about him that he could potentially be someone who could qualify for Canadian citizenship if he sticks yeah. around that long and he would be eligible to play for the men's national team around 2026. Um that's interesting. I think he's discussed that before and said he would be open to it because he feels like the Scottish national team has kind of shunned him. I think he's only ever had one cap for them. I'd have to double check that, but uh, yeah, he's on with the white caps for another three years and um, be interesting to see what he can uh, see if he can help them win a playoff game this year. I was going to say if white caps uh, fans care, but the Canadian men's national team, they, they better treat him well over there. eh? <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah, man, I feel a little bit mentally exhausted for the amount of stuff that we ran through here. What uh, do we got anything else? I'm sure we could keep going, but. Holy. Uh, yeah. I, I was about to say uh, there's, there's <laughs> still lots of things to, to cover, whether it just be signings here and there, but uh I don't know. Maybe we save uh, save it for ne- next time around. Yeah, I mean, obviously things are going to continue uh, ramping up. We we have two interviews in the bag as well. Obviously, we've teased it on the on X a bit the the Marcus Haber episode. So look out for that. We'll we'll release that this weekend. And uh, we did do an interview with another CPLer that uh, I think you might have uh, casually dropped amid our conversation here earlier. But uh, we will have a. Uh, Kind of a rapid fire session with with Ben Fisk, the first uh, Canadian Premier League player to play for four different clubs. So look out for that dropping sometime within the week as well. Um, yeah, but man, what a week! It's, it's uh, hopefully things come together with regarding that broadcast deal, and uh, there'll be a place for people to watch Canadian soccer as uh, you know the Concacaf Champions League is right around the corner, and got a lot coming up. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. 
What are you going to do to relax after this? You got a long bath and and a cup of tea set up, or how, what's what's your de-stressor when uh, when life's busy and getting you down? I think we're going to put this episode out, man. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to hit I'm going to hit end, and it's gonna I'm going to export the the video and the audio file. We're going to make it all sound crispy. Throw the intro music at the beginning and end, and we'll we'll blast it off. I actually wrote the title for the episode while we were talking here. So um, I think if we, if we put this episode out in the next hour, we'll be the first Canadian soccer podcast or, you know, outlets at all outlet yeah. to, to talk about this on the evening of, right? Because, you know, is one soccer today going to do an episode tomorrow? I don't know. Like footy prime already put their episode out today. I mean, we gotta, we gotta get to it. We're, we're on top of it, sir. We're on top we're of here it. For the people. Uh, speaking of which, where can the people follow you, Mitchell? Oh my! Uh, they could follow me on uh, on the Twit on the X at um, I'm Canadian Soccer Talk. So that's at uh, Can F U T B O L Talk Can Football Talk. Man, I was thinking about this after the last episode. I really need to change that handle because I have to spell out the football at the end of every one of our episodes because I don't want people to listen to it. Look up Can Football Talk with the two O's and be like, Oh, I can't find him. I'm not going to give them a follow. I got to spell it out, but I couldn't claim the Canadian soccer talk handle. So if the person that owns that account is listening, like I said, on a few episodes ago, I will pay you $20. Give me that handle. I want the Canadian soccer talk handle. I will also put money into the pot for you. Maybe we get a uh, GoFundMe going as well. Who knows? We could save one soccer. <laughs> uh for for myself you can of course follow me also on twitter slash x at wanders notes and you can go to my blog at wandersnotebook.ca, which is going to have the latest um as i teased a little bit earlier all the podcasts are going on there uh now as well which is great uh but i'm also going to have some cpl by the numbers articles coming out we got uh, preseason stuff coming out more transfer stuff so uh there's a lot on the go and uh you know it Maybe a little dark today, but it's exciting times tomorrow. So uh, thank you again, everyone, for tuning in, and we'll catch you next week. Hey, I'm an optimist, man. <laughs> Glass half full. All right, see you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs>